with me to Luke 17 and verse 11. That happened as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And it was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. I want to speak on the subject today. I came back to say thanks. Leprosy was one of the most dreaded diseases of the ancient world. It was widespread in countries that were hot and that were dry. Those who toiled or lived amid the dry sands of the desert or the dusty plains of the eastern world were most likely to be attacked by leprosy. It was apparently caused by a bacterial poison which entered through the bloodstream and then exerted its effect on the entire body. It began with not too much discomfort and slowly but surely it progressed until after as many as 10 or 20 years, it finally would cause death. Leprosy disfigured and mutilated the body. It caused the features to become deformed. It affected the voice, making it sound like a horse croaking. It caused the hair to turn white and then to fall away. It caused sores all over the body and in general made the stricken person a hopeless wretch. In ancient society, lepers were always separated and cast away from those who were healthy, not only because it was a contagious disease, but also because of their horrible appearance. The leper was not only separated from society, he was also separated or considered to be separated from God and his worship. The law required that the leper tear his clothing, uncover his head, place a covering over his upper lip. And all these acts indicate deep shame and sorrow. To all who might approach him and become unclean by touching him, the leper had to cry, unclean, unclean, while they were a good distance away. Leprosy is like sin in many ways. It begins within and works outwards. It affects and infects the blood and then the rest of the body. Sin begins in the heart and manifests itself in outward immorality and sin. Leprosy separated the person from the worship of God and fellowship with men, and so does sin. Leprosy disfigures, and so does sin. Those with the leprosy were looked upon as dead men, and those who are in sin are dead, the Bible says, while they live. Leprosy is fatal, and so is sin. 
and the ceremony which recognized the cleansing of a leper required a sacrifice of shed blood. And what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And for ten lepers had heard of the power which Jesus had to heal and to deliver. They had heard of his ability to enable the lame to walk, the blind to see, and even the dead to live. Their lives are so full of sorrow and misery that though they did not know how Jesus would react to them, they decided to ask Jesus to help them anyway. And so while Jesus was on his last journey to the region of Jerusalem, before his death, this party of pitiful men stood in the distance and began to call him, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And I'm sure that all are convinced of their need for mercy, and were it not for God, all of us would be just as bad off as they were. And so Jesus heard them, just as he has heard all of us at one time or another. And something within the nature of Jesus would not allow him to turn away from these ten lepers. But I want you to know, you never get so pitiful, so poor, so dirty, or so wicked that Jesus is not concerned about you or willing to help you. And so Jesus then spoke and directed them to go and show themselves to the priests. They certainly understood the significance of that command, for by sending them to the priests, Jesus was indicated that they would be healed on the way. And this is exactly what happened. As they went, the symptoms of their disease began to disappear. Their sores healed. Their deformed features were set aright. Their skin regained its color and their strength began to return. And with supreme joy and esteem, they discovered that they had been healed. It's difficult for us sitting here today to comprehend just what a wonderful miracle had been wrought in their lives. They'd been as dead men, dead to society, dead to their own eyes. But now Jesus had given them new life. And when they discovered that they had been healed, nine of them went their way. But one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice he glorified God, fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks, and this one was a Samaritan. Jesus then asked the question, Where are the nine? Jesus had done something wonderful in their lives, but they allowed that which Christ had done for them to take them away from Christ rather than toward Christ. Their leprosy had driven them to Christ, but being healed, they rushed on their way. Trouble and distress are often more effective than gratitude in bringing us to Christ Jesus. We will allow the same job for which we sought God for in hours and hours of prayer, we allow that job to become an excuse for only worshiping one day a week. We'll allow the beauty and the health which God gives us to separate us from him. How many people take that which God has given and use it to glorify the devil? They forget that what God gives 
God can also take away. God's blessings are designed to draw us to him and to make us thankful. And those who find themselves more and more blessed, yet having less and less time for God, they jeopardize all that God has given them. Where are you? Are you at the feet of Jesus? Are you busy with the things that Jesus has given you? Jesus does not imply that the things they were doing were so evil or so wrong, but he implies that they should rather have come to thank Jesus and praise God for what had been done. These men were in various places. Some of them were at home, making repairs on things left undone during their absence. Some of them were with their families, from whom they had so long been separated. Some of them were catching up on the good times. Others were catching up financially. All of them saying in their hearts, when I get time, I must thank Jesus for what he has done. They did not know that Jesus had only about 10 days before his crucifixion. And putting it off probably meant that they would never get around to it. Jesus felt that since they could have done none of these things without him, he should have been first in their lives. They should be thankful every day, not only in words, but also in their lifestyle, by how we live our lives. They were dead in trespasses and sins, but Jesus died for them, and he died for us. The life that we now live should be lived for him and for his glory. This event that we've described today probably took place 10 days before Jesus was to hang on the cross. His heart was growing heavy and burdened. What a joy 10 grateful hearts would have brought to him. In the midst of adversity, how good it is if there are those around who are good friends. How good it is when we are unappreciated to have somebody who shows real appreciation for us. Jesus needed to hear from them, but instead he had to ask, where are the nine? Who knows but Brother Christ might have had some great mission for them to perform. Who knows that he would have guaranteed them a place in the book of eternity, but they were too concerned about the here and the now. Where are you? Christ has done something for you. He has something for you to do. The battle between good and evil is growing more and more intense. The end is drawing near. This tenth leper might have had more at stake than the other nine. He lived in Samaria. His personal concerns might have been greater than theirs. He probably had further to go, for he was a Samaritan. But still he turned back to glorify God. He went out of his way to thank Jesus. And today we must be willing to go out of our way. Too many are demanding that religion never be an inconvenience for them, but it was an inconvenience for Jesus Christ. Ten lepers went their way. Nine of them began to speculate on their new life. But one of them decided to turn back and give thanks. Nine sent messages of thanks. Jesus asked, 
Where are the nine? The man did not answer. And even today, every person must answer for themselves. There's no excuse. I don't know where the others are, but I've come back to say thank you. Today, in our hearts and in our spirits, we ought to say, Lord, I've come back to say thank you. The others were healed, but Jesus said to this tenth leper, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you well. He got something that the others did not receive. Yes, their bodies were healed, but their souls, their spirits, their lives, their hearts were still desperately desolate without the presence and sanction and blessing of God in their lives. He received more than the rest received, soul and body. You never lose by living the thankful life. You never lose by going back and saying thank you. And you always get more than unthankful people get because not only did they have the sense and the feeling of having given glory and praise to God, they also had the wonderful power of God to make their lives whole, to make their lives complete, to make their lives a blessing not only to them, but also to all whom they met. Jesus, we've come back. We would never go on with our lives without letting you know how much we appreciate your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so full and so free. So we take this time to thank the Lord. This Lord's Supper that we are about to celebrate in a few moments is a thank you service to the Lord for all that he has done. He died for us. He shed his blood. He hung on a cross for us. He arose from the dead. And we must never forget what the Lord has done. He took bread and he broke it. And he took the fruit of the vine. And he said to them, this is my body, which is broken for you. This is my blood, which is shed for you. The life of the flesh is in the blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And Jesus said, this you do in remembrance of me. Say with me the prayer that every sinner must pray, and that having prayed it, he receives wonderful forgiveness for all of his sins. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me, dear Lord, for what I've done and what I have been. But I love you, dear Lord, because you can make me all that I must be. Thank you for giving your son to die for my sins. Thank you that he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, and I give my life to thee in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.